Right, people, we are back. We're live again on Twitch. We are recording episode number 35 of the End Product Podcast. Um, let me just make sure that I've got everyone uh, nice and loud here so that you can hear us. It looks it looks good to me. I've got Quinny uh, to my right if you're watching on online. And we have our special guest, Sam Ty, a.k.a. Sam Ty, the football guy, <laughs> <laughs> as Quinny has baptised him. Uh, <laughs> Quinny, how you been, mate? How have you been to start off with before we get into Sam? Um, I've, yeah, outside of, you know, what you see on camera and whatever, yeah, a good couple of days. I've got pretty merry on Hogmanay or New Year's Eve if you're not in Scotland. Yeah. And uh, I'm not much of a drinker, so um, I thought I would celebrate the occasion, getting stuck into some tequila and whatever. I think probably the, <laughs> I think one of the last times I was drunk, I was with you guys. You know, it's probably the most hammered I've been this year. Um, and yeah, I woke up, I've got a really sore back. I don't know what's happened. I've tied myself into a pretzel when I've been sleeping or whatever. But otherwise, all very well and good. And really excited for the guests we've got on today as well. Sam, good to see you, my man. Yeah, good to be here, guys. Cheers. Uh, Quinny, if you all those backflips you were doing while you were drunk, that's why your back hurts. you <laughs> got to stay away from that. <laughs> Probably does have news to do with it. Sounds about right. So, uh, yeah, Sam, how was your festive period? Did you get up to much? Any any mischief? Any drink, drink any tequila or anything like that? No, no, I don't drink tequila, fortunately. I mean, look, I had a, a lovely time over the festive period with my, with my family and my friends. Um, I actually got quite a bad illness just before Christmas and I was like oh not again not after the COVID cancellations we've had over the years but I, m I managed to get myself clear by about December 20th and was like right I'm going to isolate from here like I ain't going outside I'm not doing this again so uh, managed to safeguard it had a really nice time and this week has obviously been the first one back properly I've been very busy doing rank stuff I had to yeah. write a couple of pieces for I work for Southampton Football Club doing their, their match day magazine that's not the most uh, exciting and enthralling piece to write right now, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's been super busy. Speaking of uh, Southampton, I noticed today in some of the transfer news that they've been linked to Orsic of Dynamo Zagreb. So a little yeah. bit of SO5 utility coming over over to Southampton. Uh, do you get do you get any sort of whispers or anything like that about what's going on at the club, or do you just kind of have to write up whatever it is that they? they send to you at the end of the week for the match day program? Well, I do, yeah, I mean, I do the opposition tactical analysis piece for the program and for the website. So it's a, it's a little bit separate to Southampton. In this case, that's a good thing because there isn't that much positivity around the team right now. Um, mm. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. I think having watched the game last night, it's just, just the way it is. You get the odd thing here and there, but I think it'd be too easily traceable back to me if I started talking. So I tend to keep stumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, before we get into the crux of things, I just want to send a shout out to people who are up in the chat on Twitch. We've got Laird with us uh, of hey. Solar Data Fame. Sent out to Laird. We've got a pyromaniac Jack, who's a uh, who's making comments about Quinny's old age and the tequila. Uh, we have Germ Nasty, um, and straight away has come in with a question for Sam. So we may as well do that right now, actually before it disappears into the chat. Uh, and Germ Nasty says, Sam, been dying to ask you this. Huge fan of your player analysis. What do you think of Bella Kotchap? Bella Kotchap. Um, he's a really, really good 1v1 defender. Really good. The way he reads the situations in, in, recoveries, in recovery runs is amazing. Um, he's had a couple of really impressive games this season, one against United and one against Chelsea in particular. 
And when you match him up against a really fast attacker who wants to run over the top, like he's he's the kind of dream centre back in that sense because his recovery ability is so strong. It's kind of like how Barcelona can afford to take lots of risks because they have Araujo who has like the physical package. And it's not dissimilar really to Antonio Rudiger and how he can bail you out of a lot of situations too. Obviously, Belakotchov is not as good as these players. Um, but what he's shown in terms of potential, the physical attributes, the recovery ability, the reading of the game, really strong. I'm really impressed. He's just very young and yeah. probably needs to be playing with a slightly more veteran presence or a, a more veteran uh, set of players. Yeah. You just got me having a little look at his SO5 uh, scores because he is he does have cards on the platform. And uh, yeah, I mean, like some of the points you raised there, straight away as a centre-back, you're looking for that all-around score, aren't you, in sort of so rare terms. And he seems to be a little bit more decisive uh, dependent in terms of his scoring on the platform at the moment. But against... Um, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because Southampton are just not having a time of it at the moment. And it looks like he's had some pretty awkward games. Um, he hasn't obviously he hasn't played 90 minutes too often this season, but definitely uh, showing some potential there. He's still young. What is he, 20 years old? So, yeah, it'd, be, it'd definitely be worth watching. I think Southampton have a pretty good history of looking after young talent as well. So... Be interesting to see how he develops um, at Southampton. I bet his scores are really inconsistent, like probably not worth looking at from an SO5 perspective right now, but I'm sure that there are some peaks there that will let you know that like, oh, actually he is capable of quite a lot if the setting is right. Right now, obviously, way more often than not, the setting is wrong because Southampton are conceding goals and losing games constantly. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong there. He's definitely hit a few of those like sort of turquoisey green, dark mm. green scores. Um, you know, he's picked up a few decisive, but they tend to be clearances off the line, given the way things are going for Southampton this season. But, um, I was just looking, actually, and he did manage to pick up two clearances off the line against Man United earlier this season. And on the subject of Man United, you stood or you sat in front of a one of my favourite players' shirts there, Marcus Rashford, uh, who is absolutely on fire at the moment. What would your tactical analysis of Marcus Rashford look like if you had to uh, send a report in against him right now? I like Rashford off the left. I always have. I, I always. I know it's a big. I know it's a big debate, and it's always it's always spun the wheels around on Twitter. You know, should he be playing as the nine? Should he be playing as the left winger? Obviously, the answer is depends what your centre forward is doing and what you want from your winger. That's that's the cop out answer. But where's the space nowadays? It's mm. it's for those wide forwards. It's it's where Salah wants to play. It's where Mbappe wants to play. It's it's much more common to see an elite, very quick wide forward than it is to see an elite number nine with bags of pace. They tend to move wide. That's where the space is. It's where Rashford's doing the business right now, and I'm loving seeing it. Like obviously he's a he's a wonderful person. We know he's a great player when he's fit. Um, actually, uh, it's that side, isn't it? I got that. So that's a signed shirt from when I went to his house. Uh, I interviewed him and went to his house and spent nice. the day with him. It was just before he got that back injury, like mm. a week. It was right in that. It was right in that mix. Um, so I saw him probably on his last good week for about the next year or so, which was mm. a real shame because having just met him, I was absolutely buzzing to watch him go and play again next and and really root for him. And literally, like the next week, his back goes. But it's good to see him back, isn't it? Definitely is. 
definitely is as a United fan. I, I need to know, uh, did did he did he make you any cups of tea, sandwiches? Like, how hospitable was he as in, in his house? He was lovely. He didn't make me any tea. I don't drink tea, so I'd never ask oh. him to do that. Um, <laughs> he, but he was he was really lovely. Uh, we had a we had a little game of keepy ups with each other. So it's one of my little mini claims to fame. I've played keepy ups with Marcus Rashford. That is a good Love one. It. That is a good one. You got Jack Grealish on the other side, who uh, I think he's coming. He's kind of come the opposite way, hasn't he? This season's been like up and down for him. He's been looking for a run in, in the team. You know, I think. Uh, He's had a couple of good games of late. He looks like he's forcing his way into that starting eleven a, a bit more. What would, you know, what what does the future hold for Jack? Do you think he stays at Man City or do you see him moving somewhere? They, he's been linked to moves to Italy. I don't know how legit those links are. I, I mean, that would makes no sense to me. But um, yeah, how do you see like his career sort of panning out from here? Well, he's super exciting. Um, and obviously, as a player, he was at his best for Villa when he was given pretty much free reign. Um, this is this is the shirt from that final season at Villa when he just absolutely exploded. And he added so many elements to his game. He became much stronger in the, in the run, much more explosive, basically impossible to dispossess. And he was just great, amazing fun to watch. Um, mm. And the chance creation out of him was just ridiculous. You'd argue that he's been constrained a little bit by the system at City. Um, sometimes he sort of pops pops off your screen and, and really does something good. Sometimes he feels like he's been strangled a little bit. It's a little bit difficult to get a gauge on him. Uh, it kind of feels like he's never quite going to hit his true heights at City, but he will always be very useful to them. So it's about how long he wants to do that, how long he wants to be part of the machine versus you know the principal player. There's no way he's going to go to Italy. Like <laughs> I saw that rumour, like Milan... Rafa Leal swap I was like come on like yeah. Milan can't afford those wages for a start and um, I don't know there's something about Jack the way he strikes me I don't think Milan is in his current career plan I don't know mm. you, I don't see him learning Birmingham. a second language <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he he does like a Peroni though We'll take, we'll take that. Stitch has had Peronis with Grealish when you've been doing keep you up to Rashford. Is that what it's been going on? Well, I'm the, ath I'm the athlete of the two, so it makes sense, you know. <laughs> I did hear actually that Jack Grealish was trying to learn how to DJ this uh, this season. So maybe we will cross paths at some point and I can buy him a Peroni. Who knows? Speaking maybe. of Peroni, <laughs> Quinny, you had the... Uh, you had the big one on the weekend. How uh, how did you how did you find the match? How, did did you did you uh, survive it? It was a bit of a bit of a rough one um, to get through. But uh, how, how was your experience? Come come the ninety minutes, come the end of end of the full time whistle. Uh, so just for clarity, if anyone doesn't know what Stish is talking about, Celtic played Rangers on Monday at half twelve, which was a bit wild. Um, yeah, I came out of it unscathed. I watched it. I watch it in here. Yeah, I did. I had friends over. We watched it in here. And um, yeah, I survived. I was pulling my head out in the second half, but because obviously we were losing for a large portion mm. of the second half after the penalty, <clears throat> we get denied a penalty. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was good. I was quite glad that I just about managed to get something out of it SO5 wise, just the way I'd managed to combo my players together because there wasn't that many good scores in the team, truth be told. But, um, but yeah, it was a really interesting, I, I don't know if it was quite a start to my week because it was a Monday, but it very much felt like a Sunday. Um, for you know all the early kickoffs and whatever but yeah we bit kind of disjointed from it as it were but i, I was just recording uh, the Celtics are here podcast 
uh, earlier this morning. And I was saying, like, I think that um, after now that we've got that game out of the way, it feels like we're into a real uh, second half of the season. Um, you know, kind of curtain raiser thing. I think the manager will start to rotate a bit more. And I think, that, you know, it's kind of onwards and upwards from here. It's good to, you know, we didn't want to lose that game coming out with a draw. Keeps the gap to nine points. We're pretty much in the driver's seat. If Rangers did get the victory on the day, the gap reduces to six with two old firms left to run. And it maybe just, it would have maybe been a wee bit too tight for comfort, you know, a wee bit nervy every weekend. But yeah, so it was a kind of roller coaster of emotions. The Kyogo goal right at the end helped me. So five wise, it helped Celtic on the on the league table, of course, and the result ultimately in the end. So it was a real, um, real nice finish to the game for all the kind of frustrations I had throughout of it. Yeah, it kind of been easy to watch. I had the notifications popping off on um, FOTMOB on the mobile and I thought of you, I thought, oh, you're going to be pulling your hair out right now. The way that the scores went, I, I can imagine that it was a bit painful sitting through it at points, but got there in the end. And like you said, a, a, a nice way to end the game as well especially from an SO5 perspective for yourself. Um, have either of you been in the market this week? What are you looking for? Uh, we'll start with Sam. Have you, like, obviously with the cap modes coming up, we spoke a little bit to Nanzo about this last week and we're discussing tactics and who's in the market for what. Have you been buying uh, players much of late while, while uh, all of the kind of the upcoming bits come in? Sorry, so you have to start with Quinny because my audio is cutting out. So I'm going to try and figure it out on the fly. So ask him first because okay. I only have about half the question. <laughs> I managed to get uh, a pretty good trade in this week's dish. Uh, as you know, I had a real uh, problem with uh, super rare goalkeepers with Gordon getting a double leg break, Viviano being benched. And, um, you know, we, we talk about a lot on the podcast, this podcast, you know, end product. It's all about the end result. And I've been. Um, Doing pretty well with tier three and tier two super rares over the last week. And basically, long story short, somebody won a David Marshall super rare yeah. at the weekend. And they enlisted them for like an ETH or something. And I sent a bunch of direct offers, managed to get that, you know, they did that thing where they don't have Discord and they don't have Twitter. They cancelled the listing, reduced his price and relisted. And that gave mm -hmm. me the kind of nod of, right, cool, this guy's, this guy's up for doing a deal. Yeah. Um, I wasn't wanting to part with any ETH for a 37-year-old super rare goalkeeper after I've already parted with ETH for a 40-year-old super rare goalkeeper and a 35-year-old super rare goalkeeper <laughs> have let me down. So I managed to swap the Benoit Costille super rare goalkeeper that I won in December along with, um, and I'm giving this as fair notice to everyone, Rami Hajal, the under-23 super rare mids that I won from here in Veen. I traded both of them, brought the marshal in, so I've got another super rare goalkeeper. But that Hajal and Rami Hajal, now that I've traded them out, we all know how this story goes. Yeah. He's going to bang. He's going to kill. And he'll be worth five ETH probably in a month or two. So um, if you're after a U23 mid who's got a wee bit of, I don't know if you want to call it, so rare karma in their favour. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rami Hajal of Hirnveen is probably going to be that guy. Um so that's probably much the only kind of trade I've managed to execute over the last, like, I don't know, week or two. Um, on top of that, I don't know if Sam's audio's cleared up yet, but what he was saying to us when we first came in is that the last five weeks, or the last couple of weeks, sorry, he's not had a great time. Uh, so five-wise, which I thought was a wee bit, I thought I could have swore Sam, i seen him doing well. And I had a wee peek back, Sam, at game week 3-3-3. Three, three, three. Uh, your boy Keenan Davis let you down big time, but I was so pleased to see my mic appears to be muted. No, no, no. Sam, sorry. Oh, Sam's okay. <laughs> I thought it was me there. Sorry. sorry. But Sam had um, one of my old favourites, Joanne Jordan, in his underdog team. 
who uh, banged out an 82-pointer with an assist. So uh, finishing 88 for an underdog isn't too bad, but your boy Keenan Davis there, if he'd done something decent, he'd have been right in amongst something something pretty good to start the year off with. I've had an awful start in terms of SO5 to the year. I've been really struggling to get a team together. I think this week I only had uh, sort of three entries. One of them was uh, an underdog limited, which may still scrape something um, if uh, my Turkish fixtures go my way. Looks like I've got a player in the starting lineup. Um, Gru- uh, Serda Gula is playing in, in uh, the midfield um, it, for the afternoon kickoff. So that just leaves my other midfielder, Ennis Bardi, who's sort of in and out of the team. But I had Mitoma uh, captain and he managed to bag a goal. So I th- it says it says at the moment I'm 42.81 points off a tier three limited. So if Gurla has a good game and Bardi starts, then maybe I will find myself, myself among the cards there. My all-star rare had an absolute nightmare this week. I had uh, Bilal Bayer's it in goal. Uh, two big uh, two errors leading to goal and conceded four goals so he put up a massive score of 15.2 um anthony was 15 of that mate oh it it was yeah i mean he's been quite he's been quite uh reliable for good scores this season so i don't know he's had a bit of a bit of a dip in his uh in his scoring of the over the last couple of games where the side have managed to concede three or more that never bodes well for goalkeepers does it unless they save a penalty in the in the process so beyond that I had a an uncharacteristically low score from Giovanni Di Lorenzo um, put up a 30 so an all-around score of a minus 7.6 so 27.6 was like his base score it's uh, for him that's unreal I've, I don't think I've ever seen him score that low if, if it has happened it was a long time ago Anthony was um out of the United uh, squad. So he scored a zero. Um, and then I had Fikayo Tamori as my captain and he only managed to put up a 33. I don't know what was going on. Just like the odds were stacked against me uh, all week, sadly <laughs> there. So yeah, that was about as, as good as it's got for me. I've, I'm just hanging on to the hopes there that that underdog limited team can scrape its way into the cards. But I uh, couldn't even manage a small leaf this week. Um, so yeah, maybe I will be looking into the transfer market. Um, but I think maybe I should hold my horses and wait until we get all those fixtures back. Eredivisie's back. You know, Liga MX is starting up again. So I've got quite a lot of um, reading to do this evening before I put all my teams through. Um, I've almost forgot what that feels like through the, <laughs> the World Cup break and everything. So uh, I'm kind of excited, but kind of worried about how much time I'm going to be spending on uh, Mexican websites later on this evening trying to figure out <laughs> Who starts where, what, when, and how? Um, Sam, it looks like you're back in the yeah. room with us. He's got his he's got his audio fixed. It's those airpods, Antonio. Yeah, no, they they're awful. Uh, I think I'm fixed. We'll go with it for now. And I've had a really, really bad start to the year in so rare, like really bad. And it's funny you mentioned Mexico because that's about seventy five percent of it. Um, I had some, my rare goalkeepers had a big blank period here between like January the 1st and whenever Germany returns. Um, I've got, I've got a goalkeeper in a rare goalkeeper in Chile and uh, I've got Frederick Rono from Union Berlin. I was like January 20 onwards, I'm good, but I need something for this early bit. So I'll go to Mexico and I bought Luis Malagon from Nakasha who, because 
Guillermo Ochoa decided to join Salernitana, has then moved to Club America and now has to fight for his place and looks like he's not going to start the season as oh. number one because their incumbent number two gets the nod for, at least to begin with. So I bought what was Nakash's first choice goalkeeper in December and now I have Club America's number two and he was supposed to fix this period here, this 20, 20 day period. And I've just come out of the wrong side of a very, well, a very unpredictable set of events, I guess. Ochoa at his age going back to Europe. I just, I mean, it's just, crazy. it's crazy. So that's part of it. That's a problem. And then also um, I've been kind of leaning on a very strong, well, a pretty strong challenger side over the first half of the season, which is partially Zenit based. And Dayan Lovren has joined Leon. I saw that. Uh, yes. So I, I have Lovren too. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I've got a reserve Mexican goalkeeper and Dayan Lovren now in Leon champion Europe. Like it's just, unfortunately, it's kind of ripped me apart. Um, so I'm down bad at the moment, guys. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, send me all of the positive stories that you see, all the nice memes, just, you know, every now and then just checking on me. It's not yeah. quite gone to plan so far. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to dampen your sandwiches even further, but, uh, I did notice that Kayla Navas is also being linked to, uh, Club America. Don't yeah. I actually you... have, I actually have a limited Kayla Navas who's, so like I'd I'd almost come out a small winner in that in that sense, but also still a loser because Malakonda. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I get something out of that. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, such an unforeseen set of events as well that you know, like your number one goes to be a number two somebody else. It's one of these things that there's no legislating for that. You know, like no, no. Uh, I would hope it comes good for you because surely if he's a number one somewhere, you would. You would like to think they're bringing a number one in. It'd be a number one, you know. Sure, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've got myself caught in the middle of a Mexican soap opera um, because <laughs> I, I, I'm now looking. I'm obviously doing what everybody else does, which is I'm now googling Lewis Malagon, Google News, reading all the Mexican newspapers, and like Malagon is really angry that he's been brought in to be number two, and because he was number one like last, you know, in the last in the last couple of months, he was already had a number one seat. He's really he's really angry about it. Um, so there's this whole thing, like he's like laying down the gauntlet to his, like, you know, his challenger He's like, I've come here to play. I'll do absolutely everything. He's speaking to the press about it. They've got cameras in training, focusing on the goalkeeper unit, you know, to see who's doing it. It's like, what have I got myself into? Wow. <laughs> How have I ended up looking at like Mexican local media and tracking like the biggest drama of all time? And it's the club America goalkeeper situation. And I've got a stake in it. I just can't believe it. Um, but it is what it is, really. like you say, unforeseen events. I, I can get upset about it or I can just accept it for what it is, which is just rotten luck. Um, also, he's 25. So it's not like he's, you know, he's come to the end of his tether. Like, I just have to sit on him and just wait. Yeah, yeah it's a thing with goalkeepers, isn't it? Because they're so expensive. It's so hard to take a loss on on them and, and shift them out to then like potentially lose on the next one. So we all try and like we all try and pick up goalkeepers at the like optimum price, don't you? And it, the best thing you can ever do is pick up a goalkeeper just before a good move or before the number one moves on. Or that those those kind of those are the kind of trades that you want to be making. So when you hit one like that side of it, yeah. it's like it's like a six pointer in the opposite direction, isn't it? It's like mm. you start being on the absolute rotten end of it. Um, I mean, I, I've had a few recently. Obviously, I've spoken about Etienne Green untold times on this podcast. There was <laughs> there was news of him moving to Lorient recently, and then uh, Drea had an absolute stinker a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was not in the match day squad for their last fixture. 
So they released a matchday um, squad list and it had Etienne Green and Bubakar Fowl as the two goalkeepers. So I thought, oh, sweet. Green should be back in. Fowl hasn't played a, a first team game for, for years. Um, and he's younger than Green as well. He's, I think he's 20 or 19. And uh, where does Etienne Green start? On the bench. Of course he does. And mm -hmm. um, the only potential saving grace there is he did have a little bit of a back complaint the week before. So the only other reason that he might have been benched is that maybe he wasn't 100% and they didn't want to risk him. But on the other side of it, on the flip, I've also seen news this week that Lorient are going to sign a goalkeeper from, I think, a Polish side instead. So that leaves Green well and truly in limbo. No one knows what's going on there. Um, Saint-Etienne could be relegated to... Uh, what is it called? League Three? I don't even know what it's National, I think. National, National yeah, League, I think so. whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, and then what for him? Um, That's mad. I don't think any team are doing that bad. They make it relegated again. Jesus. Yeah, I'm, he's just so far down the pecking order now. Something is amiss there. It can't just be about his performances. You don't fall that far down the pecking order. He must have had a, he must have had a fallout with the manager as well. I, it's just very unusual. Um, yeah, to, to see him in that situation. So that's been really annoying because he's a super air goalkeeper and an under-23 goalkeeper. So he's one of the most expensive super airs I own. And I'm just watching him waste away. By the time he figures out what he's doing, he's probably going to be about 26 years old. So <laughs> I just can't sell him at these prices. There's just so yeah, many parts like it. It's sure, yeah, yeah. You get you get stuck by one of these, unfortunately, and, and it yeah, you just kind of have to take it on the chin, don't you? Like I've, I've come out the right side of a few. I picked up Frederick Rono in the summer. You know, he just about maybe got the starting role for Union Berlin. I was like, oh, I think he's got it. Going to take the risk. He's got Europa League. He's got midweeks. Obviously, he doesn't like the, the first choice goalkeeper sometimes doesn't always start midweeks. Mm. Um, but I got very lucky. Union Berlin had the best defense in the Bundesliga for the first half of the season. And he started all of the midweek games like that guy has paid himself back in thresholds already. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, I, then that's that's a great that's a great story. Then I now I'm now on the other end of it, and I just have to. You got to take the rough with the smooth. It's just the way it is. So what's the situation? So I was going to ask you about the about the Lovren as well, because that's something that a lot of Soria managers come into and they worry about. Is like, oh, if I go and build a stack, what happens when one of the guys leave? What do I do? Mm -hmm. da, da, da. So were you finding yourself in that position with Lovren, Sam? Are you thinking of getting an Arsenal defender? You're just going to lean into it and play Lovren at Leon, or what are you thinking? Well, the, it doesn't really work for me in any capacity because. He no longer can play in Challenger, obviously. He plays for Leon. Yep. He's a champion Europe player now. Um, he will be no good to me, really, when it comes to the cap mode because his L15 is like 65 because he's been battering it for Zenit. So he won't even really fit under the cap. Mm. So I have like, I have nothing to do with Lovren. Like, I don't, I don't really know what the situation is going to be. Um, I think I'm going to have to sell him. Luckily for me, I didn't not I did not have to pay very much for him. For some reason he was very very underpriced at the start of the season and I paid 0.1 for him. It was an absolute bargain. So I'm probably going to be able to get 0.1 or even maybe a little bit more back on him when I eventually, you know, send him off to pastures new. That's okay. I'm not I'm not facing I'm facing possibly a profit there. If not, I'll make my money back. The annoying thing is I cannot replace him in my challenger stack. I cannot find a player that powerful. And it brings into question the entire team. Like I've got Barrios, I've got Maxi Gomez, I've got a good team. 
well, I had a good team. Now I've only got four. <laughs> so now I have to reconsider a few things. I've just put that on the back burner. I'm too, I'm too invested in the Mexican soap opera right now. <laughs> I've got one thing at a time, Quinny. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. I just wanted to ask you, because when you mentioned that, I just thought that's definitely something that I know a lot of people uh, come across or yeah. worry about to an extent, particularly in lawful yeah. offering, because like you say, replacing a guy like that, it's hard, you know, for the price, especially the price point that he falls at at the moment when he was challenger versus champion. I can't do it. If you go and look at, you know, oh, fine, Rodri Gao instead, who's centre-back partner. No. <clears throat> nope, yeah. can't afford that. Well, he's limited <laughs> yeah. and he's been... I actually picked him up because I was trying to make like a bit of a Sochi uh, stack because I, I bought um, Naboa. I just wanted to build like a super strong challenger Europe limited team. So I bought... Rodrigal and Naboa as the kind of backbone of that team mm. and then Rodrigal moved to Zenit but to be honest with you it was probably better that he did that because Naboa's scores haven't let up from last season um, he's a bit like the Tadic of the uh, of 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 the Russian yeah. Premier League he he's on set pieces he's on penalties he's he's banging the door on for was he 38 39 years old but he's he's an absolute beast one of the best players in the in the division still uh, Rodrigal has gone from strength to strength, and like you said, like I, all of those, all of that kind of Zenit backbone of like Rodrigal, Wendell, Malcolm are completely out of and the left back as well. Douglas Santos, his limited Douglas is like four hundred quid, let yeah. alone the, the other the other scarcities. It's un, it, it, it's like just like un, it's it's unrealistic if you're yeah. just trying to pick something up to play with. It's yeah. all right. It's like if you're a whale and you just want to put a stack out and not have to do too much. The beauty of having like those stacks is the hours that you put into the research as well. If you're only looking for news from one club, it's a lot easier than scouring the internet for individual player news. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. I think that's one of the sort of unseen benefits of having a stack. Um, There's also no think... point in jumping in on Zenit right now because, no. like, obviously they've got their XP from last season, which is a big part of why they're so powerful. Another reason why Lovren is a, is a problem for me because Leon will he'll get a new mint with Leon and his XP will dip. Mm. But like that XP obviously comes to an end at the end of this season. It won't carry on. So even though they'll still be really powerful, they might be 8% cards. They won't be 12% cards. My Barrios yeah. is 12 and a half or, or 13. He's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. And Lovren was was similar. I think he was 11 and a half. Like it's it's not it's not going to be worth it moving forward because that XP will expire such a big thing as well when you do hit those 70 80 odd scores with a zenit mm. player that you have a 12 to 15 percent bonus on it is that you've captained enormous. it's outrageous <laughs> man like a 15 percent bonus and your player hitting a 20 is nothing but when they're hitting an 80 it's it is the big it's a big difference at the yeah. top end of the of the table in terms of like you know the rewards and and or in the in the eve scraping as well you know yeah. Not that many people probably scrape an ETH with Zenit players unless they got into the <laughs> platform really early and just happened to have the odd one of them sort of lying about. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, I've, I've just seen something in the chat, actually, that's, uh, that would be good to pick both your brains on. Apparently, Benoit Badiashile has completed his transfer to Chelsea and it's been announced while we've been recording. What do you two make of that move? And do you see him slotting straight in there? Because... He's been pretty impressive in um, in the past, and I think I think he'll do well in the Prem. But what do you two think? How many centre backs have Chelsea got now? Hundred. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fifty. They, they could probably field an eleven, a team of eleven centre backs at this stage. Yeah, I mean, he looks a good player, Quinny. You've probably you've probably actually seen more of him than me. 
Um, but I would just be so concerned about just the, the sheer number of people they have in that position. And it's always, it's always a question mark. When Chelsea buy a player, particularly in this position, you can always quite validly suggest, well, couldn't you have brought back X or couldn't you have promoted yeah. X? Because they've had so many centre-backs come through the academy. And like, you know, they, they, in the summer, they, they bought Koulibaly and Fafana. And now they've bought Badia Shield. In the mm-hmm. past as well, in the last 18 months, they've sold Mark Gay to Crystal Palace and they've loaned out Levi Colwell. Um, and Colwell's doing really, really well at Brighton. Like, he's clearly an excellent footballer. What does this mean for them? And it's like, I just feel a bit bad for them. And I find the Chelsea transfer uh, decisions very hard to analyse in that respect because I, I just don't... I like to understand what I think a club is doing or where their head is at. Yeah. And the answer is, I just have no clue what on earth Chelsea are doing most of the time post-takeover. They're, they're very scrambled. But at the very least, like if you're going to spend money, make sure it's on good players. And he is a good player, right? Yeah. What do you reckon? I think, uh, I think what you said there kind of nails it for me. It's like since the takeover, like we don't really know what Chelsea are all about in that respect. And uh, the first thing that I thought about the transfers, it's obviously like their number two target behind Jules Koundé because they were really after him big time before mm-hmm. he went to Barca. So there must be some sort of plan, you know, like Potter obviously has been installed as manager as well. Um, and looking at the defenders, you're quite right. There is a fair there is a fair bunch of them there, but they've been very hard done too. Like the, the, the boy Fafana is listed as injured in the now. Tiago Silva up at 38, Koulibaly, 31, obviously a recent transfer, Aspilicueta, 33. So they, they really need, like when I was looking at that defence and adding in Badiashio, yeah, it gives me like kind of, what springs to my mind is they're trying to replicate Arsenal a wee bit better in terms of how they've built their defence over the last like, two or three years. I know Saliba has only come in this year, but he was recruited a few years ago, you know, and some of the other pieces that are in that team. Um, again, you don't need me to tell you anything about Arsenal. Most people listening mm. probably watch more of them than I have this year. But that's the kind of, like, I see, you know, when I look at that team, Badiashio coming in, like the back four ideally is going to be Cucurella, Chilwell, Fafana, Koulibaly, Badiashio, Reese James on right back. So there's the makings of a really strong back four there. If they are going to play back four longer term, I, I know the, I know Porter's quite flexible and whatever. But um, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good move. And with Bella Kotchap, who we actually picked up with earlier on, like his scores are rubbish, right, overall. But when you couple that with um, the goals have been conceding at Southampton, like I was looking, I didn't want to interrupt because Sam also knows Southampton way better than I. But when I was looking at the scores, like they are rubbish and Southampton have been conceding. But if you look at like uh, Bella Kotchap losing 2-1 to Everton, brought in a 53. Losing 4-0 to Man City, brought in a 48. Losing 4-1 to Newcastle, brings in just under 52. Losing 3-1 to Liverpool, brings in a 46. So like, like Sam says, if they're a good player, like in terms of SO5 especially, because it is a 0-100 to game, if they are a good player and they are going to play and they make successful actions... Could be a great move for SO5. Could be a good, I think it will be a good move in real life, maybe not immediately. But overall, yeah, I think it's a pretty solid transfer. Yeah. Left footed centre back, you know, commodity. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. If they if they want if they if they decide that they want to go out and find one of those for the first team level, then 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 again it's kind of like fair enough. And like, you know, I'm sure they're acutely aware that Aspiliqueta is, is in his last year. I'm sure like the fact that Tiago Silva, for the record, unbelievable still unbelievable. But like they're probably like waiting for the drop off. They're just like by day by day, they're checking and waiting, and they're right to stock up on players to make sure that that transition goes quite smoothly. Kulabali's more experienced, Fafana and Badiashil less experienced. Could be a good mix. Could be a great back three. 
don't know mm. where it leaves Chalibur. don't know where it leaves Colwell. Does it really matter? I don't know. It's hard to make a sense of it. But as I say, like if you're going to spend money, just make sure it's on it's on good players because that's how you essentially retain value. And Badia Shiel will retain value. He's a fringe France international and the left footed centre back. He'll be in he'll be in demand. It's a good point. This could bring me on to the next topic quite nicely as well, because we saw yet another leak this week on um, Football Insider that reckon <laughs> that the Premier League are going to announce a partnership with So Rare inside the first quarter of 2023. It's rumoured to be worth £30 million a season. It's not the first time we've heard this rumour, but um, I think it might be the first time that I've seen it from a football-focused uh, blog or website as opposed to like a crypto web three one so sky news <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so i mean we, here we are again is the premier league coming are you going to be buying any players what, what do you expect this means for the platform etc i know we've had this um a million times but i'd like to hear uh, your thoughts on it sam and then me and quinny can get into uh, the crux of it after that I mean, yeah, don't, don't know. Obviously, we're going off reports, but I do, I do, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting at this point with this this level of reporting and this level of rumor, you are expecting the Premier League to be on board pretty soon. Um, it's going to be pretty good. I mean, it's going to be amazing for the platform. Sure, I think it will help with a lot of casuals just having those more recognizable faces, having the biggest league in the world. It's all good having Liverpool, but you know, being able to stick Rashford on on this sort of thing is is going to be hugely helpful as well. Yeah. I personally think that I will not get involved, um, mostly because I think it will be, I think it will be massively inflated in terms of prices. Uh, you know, it's a it's a guess, but you've got to assume that, and you've seen it as well all throughout Soro's history. The hype on a certain player drives the price, um, even to the point where like, like Morocco's midfielder from the World Cup, you know, not Amrabat, actually, it was Unahi who who really stood yeah. out at times. Azadin Unahi. I was looking at his price through the tournament and bear in mind like his scores don't his scores are okay and like obviously he's a good player but like plays for Angers and he, he's all right his, his limited was going up to 40 50 quid yeah and I was like you've got to stop but this is the power of hype this is the power of hype and this is what will happen with pretty much all the Premier League players because that that name recognition that face value is 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 so means so much to people because at the end of the day and we're all guilty of it we do like to buy players that we like we do like to buy players that we know. Either it's a safety mechanism or it's just because we want to play with guys that we know and we enjoy. And you pay extra for it. It's a premium. So I'll try and stay away from that. I'll try not to buy a full stack of my club. No yeah. promises. I'll try. Um, I think I'll steer clear. Hopefully it has an adverse effect on the other cards that I want to buy. You know, their prices are depressed and maybe I can take advantage. I don't know. It's all guesswork, but I'd imagine that's what happens. Yeah, I think like, all those opportunities are, are there to be had. I've seen the leagues come on before, and like some ones I've not been too excited for, or maybe clubs or something. When everyone is clambering towards them, they're also then trying to sell some stuff to fund some purchases. So sometimes you catch a bit of a desperate buyer or whatever, and you can get a wee cheeky deal. But I do mm. think that um, like, I make you totally right, Sam. Like the hype will drive Grealish, Rashford, Foden, Saka, all these big guys, of course. But because it should be the full league, according to the reports. And we've seen how Soraya normally uh, roll these things out. If you cash your mind back to when the Scottish League came out, it was, you know, every team kind of comes out with the one time and you get the starting 11s for the first five or six issues mainly and all the rest of it. 
But I've always noticed with these ones that there is always ones that if you have some, inf- and Sam, you obviously you're right close to it, you know, the Premier League, but if you have any kind of extra intel coming into it that's not on so rare data, then there's tons of uh, things to be hoovered up, no two ways True. about it. And it's very easy to resist the temptation to not build a stack for the team you support until they have a card. And then that temptation <laughs> like, is, uh, you, you, you'll, know, you'll know it when it comes. You'll look at them oh. and you will say, fuck it, one won't hurt. <laughs> well, that wasn't the case for you, was it? It was how many Kyogo yeah. Furuhashis would you like to own? Not will I get one. How many? Let me get that word. You're not wrong there at all. I think... Um, the point you made there about the potential inflation of prices is an interesting one because one thing I think of when I think of the Premier League potentially launching is I think it's a little bit more comparable to a completely new product launching on so rare like NBA. Mm. It's like that the, the Premier League brand is that big in the world of fantasy sports, at least in football terms. And I think that like we may, if they get it right, see a spike that is comparable to the price spikes that we saw of those early mints of the good NBA cards and not just the good ones, actually, most of them. I think a lot of our so rare managers who wanted some exposure to the NBA got involved very quickly thinking, you know, you want to get in there early, but actually the spike went like that, didn't it? And then it's kind of come down, but it, it looks to me like most cards are kind of, are kind of finding their rhythm a bit on everything looks a little bit more on the uptick in terms of NBA right now. Obviously, players' prices do spike based on what their L10s are, etc. Yeah. But in, at the kind of like the overall trend of the market seems to be on an uptick now, but it was like a massive spike up and then down that first week or two. And I think the Prem will be like that. I think all those number ones, those first few mints where all of the big whales are like, I'll be the only person in this game week that has a Foden or, you know, it might you might be the only person with a Foden for a month if you're lucky you know we don't know how quickly they're going to like be pushing these out in rare or super rare etc so that's where we'll see the premium really paid and i think that the spike in prices will be similar to that of pretty much like the whole nba product just for just for all the premier league cards so i think for me i i agree with quinny as well in that i think it is going to be hard to see hopefully man united cards on there and i and a, and a part of me doesn't just go i need those cards in my or even not not just man united but palace palace a local team to me and i have an affinity for the club uh, but i also you know i think there's a lot of good u23 uh utility from the palace team you mentioned mark gay he's definitely a card i'd pick up um elise eze i think there's a lot of good young talented players in that squad that i from an SO5 perspective, would like to pick up. Um, if the two of you had to pick three players that you would pick up, regardless of price, if there were three Premier League players that you could pick up, who would they be? Ooh, nice, I'm going first. Ooh, no, no, you go first. I need time okay, to prepare. I need, okay. I need an hour. <sighs> um, 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 I don't know. I really, I've never looked at them. Because I swore that I wouldn't get involved. <laughs> yeah, I, I started looking this week when I saw those tweets pop up again. I'll give you my first mm. one dead easy, or my first two are dead easy, and that's uh, John McGinn and Kieran Tierney. <laughs> okay, so the first person that came to head was jo- was John McGinn because I have by <sighs> chance looked at he scores crazy. Yeah, like 
proper box. I just, I just looked at him in So Red Data one time, and it's dipped a bit recently. But just go back into last season. Goodness me. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I haven't actually gone into So Red Data and like ranked by performance, but I suppose that'd be a quick way of doing it. But given the video on my channel in December, but I went through the Premier League and tried to pull out. See, after we got the Sky News leak, I went through yeah. Soria Data and Mark Gahey, the, the South Crystal Palace guy, he was one of the guys I put in the video because these are, I tried to find some guys that are good, but no one, you know, like Soria, yeah, players, yeah, I don't really know much about them. Yeah. And another one I would throw in there, and then I'll, I'll shut up, um, is, uh, is, is Gavin Bazinou of Southampton as well, U23 forever, uh, yeah. Ireland International as well, Man City kind of academy for a bit and whatever. Championship utility next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's certainly he's certainly busy. Let's put it yeah. that way. He's certainly busy. Um, on the subject of Crystal Palace centre backs, actually, I bet those Joachim Anderson um, oh. like soaring passes into the opposition half. He must he must do all right. And I do quite like Anderson. I wonder if he'd be he'd be a nice shout. Um, does look like he scores he scores relatively well. To be fair, um, oh, actually, not so much this season, but last. Last season was better. Um, yeah, I mean, if you got if you're saying price is no object, I'd go out and buy my I'd go out and buy the, the players that are absolutely like genuinely threat. Like I'd buy Grealish and Rashford. I'd buy Matoma. Like there's yeah. not really an opportunity for me to buy one of those because he's so scarce at the moment. But like, yeah, I, I would go and buy probably just those guys that are really thrilling me right now. Matoma is one. He's awesome. Yeah, I've got his limited. Um, I was looking at him the other day because I kind of like digging into the stats and stuff. And obviously the big hype this season has been around Arsenal and all of their like young stars. And Martinelli is obviously one of the big the big names there. But if you compare Gabriel Martinelli's output to Mitoma, obviously playing quite similar positions as well. But um, over 90 minutes, Mitoma outperforms Martinelli in nearly every attacking, um, in, in all nearly all of those wow. attacking situations. Metrics, yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's wow, wow. crazy. I mean, it, he he's got to keep it up because I think Martinelli's probably got twice the the minutes that Matoma has. Yeah, but um, yeah, Matoma's been been outstanding um, since he coming back from the World Cup. Well, ever since they started him, actually, ever since they started, was it Chelsea? I think his first start. I think he's started every game apart from one that he missed since, mm. and um, he's had a goal disallowed against Arsenal, so that didn't show up either. It's a uh, he's uh, he's been fantastic and. There have only been five rare sales of Matoma since the beginning of December. Uh, is that people, people not letting him go or are they not listing people, him? Yeah, pe people, no, people, I don't think people want to sell him. Like, obviously, there's a there's a price for him, there's a floor for him. Um, but I would, it's four, it's £400 for the rare. Mm. Um, and given he's 25, somehow, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not even got like an under 23 tax on it. Like he's not, he's not the cheapest player. Like he, he's not. And people, I think people are like, this is the start of something. Let's, 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 let's hoard Matoma. And I don't, I don't blame them. I'm looking at it now as well. He has midfield and forward cards. So if you get the forward, you've probably got a little bit extra to pay there. The lowest forward yeah. card, and it is a Pavel trader is four one five. So you might be able to get him to not, not that down a little bit, but yeah. Maybe I've see if you'll take on the cracks, a goalkeeper in exchange for it. <laughs> not a bad shout that um good idea yeah yeah i think uh i mean quinny you let go of a trip here not that long ago you still kicking oh. like that? uh yeah i'm kicking myself now for it for sure like um it was a really special card to me obviously like kicked on form amazingly but 
I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I miss him. I miss him a lot. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no excuses around it. I got offered a lot of money for it. I was kind of like, eh, should I, shouldn't I? And I decided to go for it. I think I used the, the Trippier money. Trippier money helped me get Celtic stuff in some way, shape or form or something because any cards I sold at the back end in last year was funding that endeavour somehow. So I would need to go through the transactions to see exactly how much I should feel bad about doing it. Yeah. Um, but when I see him rocking out 80s and 100s and stuff like that, I'm just like, why didn't I just buy a rare when I sold the super rare? Hendo tells me to do that all the time because every time I sell a super rare, like Harwood Bellis, I sold Harwood Bellis for three and a half ETH to Perez at the beginning of December. And I think Perez has sold him for four and a half or something now or five yeah. or something. It's <clears throat> dropped since then. But um, in the meantime, he's been killing it as well, which you kind of knew was going to happen. So, yeah. It's, uh, I've kind of inadvertently reminded myself of a lesson. When I sell a super rare, I should be buying the rare because <laughs> I'm all, I only sell guys when they're doing good, you know, which is also a hard skill in itself yeah. because, yeah. yeah. Hard, but it is it is the best way to sell. Um, I often get into arguments with people on Discord who are trying to buy players off me because they're right at the bottom of their range and I know full well that they're buying at the best time to buy. But I'm absolutely adamant that I will not list at the price that they're at currently and they're like oh i'll give you this for it i'm like i don't i can't accept that for it i need that player to start hitting form again then i might offload them but then it's the hardest time too because it's so hard to let go of that card that's smashing it for yeah. you but in like trading terms it's in terms of like return on your investment that is the absolute optimum time to get rid of them um but he's been unreal hasn't he for the last last month or two in especially in so5 terms but also just Newcastle in general have been great, haven't they, this season? And uh, I think um, I think we all seen like Eddie Howe like turn the corner for him last season, knowing that that money is there to be invested in. There's been some news this week that they should have about 60 million to spend in this window, which uh, wow, you know, it's massive for Newcastle, especially in the position they're in, the quality that they could bring in with that sort of money mm. um, into onto a project as well that I'm sure a lot of players would be quite interested in joining. You know, potential yeah. to be playing Champions League football next season. Um, with that kind of backing, the potential for a club like that to start attracting serious uh, stars is is right up there. And who wouldn't want to join that project as a player yeah. right now? I think they're going to try and spend it all in one go as well. Um, I don't think they're going to split that into two sets of thirty. I think they, yeah, they're in a position now, like where they're just they can like aggressively upgrade certain positions. You know, one or two per window, or whatever, because they've got such a strong base. And um, all the signs are that they're either looking at, you know, someone like James Madison or going potentially back in for Musa Diaby via Leverkusen. But that, that will tell you that, you know, whatever the name is, that will tell you the rough area of the pitch that they are considering and looking at. And that might sound a bit harsh on someone like Miggy Almiron, who's obviously been absolutely on fire from the right wing. But this is the nature of the beast. Mm. Um, and that's what you do. You bring in that competition and you say, well done, Almiron. You've been really good. Now you've got to fight it out with this guy you know that yeah. sort of thing um and it's just it's just the way it goes but that's the sort of luxurious position they're in so if they do make a signing yeah i think it's going to be a pretty significant one i don't think they're just going to pad things out i was also expecting the newcastle form to end because i'm a massive eddie howe hater as maybe some people <laughs> will know um why so that was also part of the thinking of the trip i just made the whole time i've i've been exposed to eddie howe from when he was at bournemouth I've just never, I've just never taken to him. And then when he was linked to Celtic, like straight away, oh, yeah. before we got Ange, I was saying, listen, we don't want this guy. I don't like him. I don't want him. And I'm telling you, we don't want him. Like, that was my kind of attitude to it. And then 
he strung it out all summer, like yeah. waiting for a better offer, basically. And then he tried to yeah. dress it up like, oh, I can't get my staff out. And I'm like, this guy's just using us to get a profile to go and get another job and blah, blah, blah. So that just boiled my blood on top of right, the preconceived yeah. notion I had already that I didn't like him. So it's all in my head, really. There's no real tangible reason for it, but I don't like him. <laughs> I, think there, I think I think there is a tangible reason he uh, he strung Celtic along. I think you know exactly why you don't like him. It sounds fair no, enough I to me. I didn't like him before that anyway, because like see with the Premier League, right? See the thing that's always boiled my blood about the Premier League over the last like 10, 15 years, right? Is guys like Eddie Howe, is guys like Roberto Martinez, and there's a, a couple of them that get all this lavish praise from the media at different sections of the season for doing stuff that like Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, every year their defensive record got worse and every year they just about hung on, but every year they spent more money. They bought more expensive players, they built a bigger squad, yada yada. Roberto Martinez comes in, I'm going on a tangent, I'll finish this in a second. Stish, we've tapped into something here, mate, this is a therapy couch. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> Roberto Martinez comes in to Everton after Moyes has been there for like 10 years building a defence and then he can just come in and go, on you go guys. Go and attack a wee bit, you know, because you didn't used to do that before. And I'll show you how to attack a wee bit. He finishes really high with Everton and everyone's like, oh, Roberto Martinez, what a guy. He goes to Belgium, everyone hates him. Anyway, so for me, Eddie Howe, he just falls into that mode of, he gets this Premier League darling status. And until now, I don't think he's warranted it at all. You know, that's kind of where it's at. But I'll stop now. I think that I think that kind of about sums it up, though, Quinny, your feelings. I think you've done that, <laughs> done this good service there. Um, so yeah, good, good, good to get both of your views there on that EPL. I know we've gone massively into it as everyone does in in the so rare stratosphere talking about it. Um, another thing that we wanted to get in this week's edition was to have a little discussion around SO5 development, new game modes, new formats. Sam, what do you want to see uh, Sora bring into the kind of gameplay formats for this year? Well, we've just had we've just had private leagues and the new cap mode. Um, I'm I'm not trying to be too greedy here. I'm still trying to get my head around the cap mode thing. Mm. Um, I, I'm sure I'm not alone here. You guys are looking at your gallery, plotting it all out, thinking about what that means, and thinking, well, one day you'll think, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty well set for this, and then the following day you'll go. I think I'm about eight cards short. Yeah. And then the day after that, you go, no, no, I probably just need one or two. Then the following day, it's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then you have another panic. I've been doing that basically since the announcement, like flipping and flapping between I'm screwed or I'm well set. I really don't know what to make of it yet. And that has been my primary focus, along with, you know, the whole Mexican drama and, and Lovren as well. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really wanted to see a capped form come to football because... I had been watching it play out in the NBA and I really like it. I really like it as a gameplay format and I play the NBA in common terms. I don't watch NBA because I don't like basketball, so I don't buy any cards, but I play the common because I like the game format. It's a very compelling way of playing. So I was actually asking for this. I didn't really want it to impact my ability to churn out $50 a week, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers, I guess, in that respect. And I understand what SoRare have done. But I'm really pleased that they've brought that very compelling game mode into football. I think it's going to do a, it's going to do a lot for the platform. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's going to be interesting. And, yeah, touch on your point there about flip-flapping between you know, like bits in your gallery. I think, like, for me, I keep looking at the minute and wondering if I'm going to be short a super rare keeper. Because I've been kind of like, especially outside of the the sort of European football window, 
I think that, or at least I felt like it. I need to check like the actual statistics, but I felt like I did better in terms of my rewards and finishing higher in tables when Europe was done and I was just playing with Asia and America, maybe because I had some of the the top players. I had like, I've got Jesus Ferreira, uh, super rare. I've got Lee Bomb unique. And I'm putting them into D2 every week when I'm not playing against anyone who's got a PSG, all the PSG youth players. Or, And I think that I've been looking at my gallery more thinking about that sort of time of the season than the cap mode at the moment. But with that in mind, I'm also thinking that it would be sensible to have a... At least because I've got quite a few super rare options... I should be putting a team into that cap mode, which means I need a goalkeeper that plays probably. Um, and mm. some of my goalkeeper options are just a little bit flimsy at the moment. I definitely am losing. I lose a U23 goalkeeping option in the summer. Um, so like once the Belgian league finishes, uh, Gaetan Kouk won't start the next season as a U23. So I really need to consider maybe buying another U23 goalkeeper, which is really annoying because they're not cheap. Um, and I've been looking... It's hard to find. Yeah, I've been looking at Asian ones because I think that there's a potential value there in Tani, but we've spoken about him a few times on the podcast, whether or not he'll be the nailed number one next season at Gamba. Um, I've been looking at... Um, was it Sasaki? at uh Raysol. Yeah. Will he be the number one again next season? I don't know because he kind of like he kind of got thrown in when then their previous number one was sold to Saudi Arabia. Is it Saudi Arabia he's playing? I think it is, yeah. yeah. And I'm just wondering now is he gonna keep his place? Because I think that's one thing that you don't get as much in other divisions, but particularly in Japan and in Korea for that matter actually. So it is the whole Asia um continent a lot of the young goalkeepers don't hold their place for, for too long they'll be in there for like six months and then one day they'll just be out never to be seen again for three years just sat on the bench and i've had that three or four times with my rare goalkeepers so i'm so scared about buying uh an asian uh a u23 option at the moment but i feel like i need either an asia one or an america because of that that closed season i'm i'm I thought I should be able to clean up in that closed season, given I've got good super rare American cards under 23. I've got a good unique that I can use. If I have a good goalkeeper that I can put in there, you know, with a, with like a high, a, a top like tier zero rare or another super rare, I should be able to yield in the U23 division most weeks at some point. Um, but, you know, having that option to enter the cap mode as well. I haven't checked, but just off memory and, and scouting around and stuff, surely under 23 America's goalkeeper is even harder than Asia under 23 goalkeeper. Yeah. Like they, they basically don't exist, do they? Oh, so there's like, there's Paul Scamp, um, who may lose his place again um, when their number one comes back from injury, Tim Melia. Um, he didn't really, I had his rare and I actually sold his rare when he started playing and I got to watch him a few times. He did not convince me at all. He let in some really weak goals and I thought, this guy's going to be out as soon as Melio comes back. But he didn't come back before the end of the season. So we'll see what happens at the beginning of next season. But I'm not I'm not confirming. I'll be surprised if he holds his place, but he may well do. Um, and then you've got 
um, Ochoa, who moved to the Mexican mm. League. And I've been trying to find out if he's likely to be number one. I can't find any news stories on any uh, friendlies that they've played. But they opened their season in the Mexican League on Friday. Um, and he may... Is it San Luis, I think, he moved to? So I'm waiting to see... Oh, his price is quite tempting at the moment in rare. It's not too bad. It's like 0.5 which for an under-23 goalkeeper is pretty good. And he's like 18, 19. So if he does turn out to be number one, you can expect that price to be like one and a half ETH quite easily. Um, yeah. But he's risky at the moment. But if I could pick a super air up like that, that'd be great. Then you've got Roman Celentano at Cincinnati, mm. who is nailed, um, but does but. come with a bit of a premium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but MLS is just like an absolute goal fest. So Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, very few... Very few clean sheets. Um, but other than that, you've got obviously Slanina and his understudy. But both of those are very expensive. We don't know what if Slanina will get loaned back from Chelsea. I don't know if that's been confirmed or, or not yet, has it? Um, no, I don't think so. His price no. has dropped. So I think it looks like the market is expecting him to go and sit on the bench at Chelsea. So um, There's no room yeah. on the bench. They've got Edouard Mendy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they got so so. I think the backup at Chicago Fire is Brady, who is also under twenty three, and his price is quite high too. So it's just hard wow. to get an America one um, that isn't really expensive at the moment. Yeah. And and they all come with like a certain amount of risk. People in the chat are saying that Celentano isn't even one hundred percent nailed. So they know better than I do. I think you know I've, I've seen him play pretty much every game i expect cincinnati to be improved massively next season as well actually so that is one thing he does have going for him but if he's not nailed and especially when you're talking super rare u23 super rare goalkeeper they don't really have that drop off that like maybe like a champ euro one does where you might be able to get a super rare for like times 2 times 2 and a half a super rare u23 is at least 3 times the rare price usually um but it's just that scary thing of maybe them not being nailed or difficult. It's a difficult. Sounds awful, mate. Glad I'm not involved. Yeah, I've put in a few offers and I've had absolutely no. I haven't even had a counter offer come back on any U23 goalkeepers I've put in. I'm just trying to see if anyone's willing to sell one at the price that the last one sold at, and no one is. And even if I put a little bit extra on top, it's like you know they're all listing them at like two or three times what the last one sold went for. And it's like, I'm hoping you're just listing that in case a whale just goes, I'll have that, buys it at the floor price. But I know better than that. I'm trying to go off of like recent sold, but no one wants to hear that from me. I have had no luck. I've been trying to buy one for about three weeks now to with no joy. Um, but yeah, it's looking like Asia, America for me, potentially. But yeah, that's okay. been the kind of crux of my, of, of my like capped trading trading for the cap mode but um but yeah people are sort of like speculating that there might be something else coming because obviously the so rare staff have been um kind of hinting towards big things happening at the end of january and i don't think they're just talking about this cap mode i don't know if um maybe that we're going to go into regional tournaments where or a little bit more like focused on league tournaments so it might be like yeah did you think they might with if if they were to introduce the premier league do you think they'd do a premier league league I think that is, that's that's not out of the realms of possibility at all. Yeah, what you were talking about with having, yeah, you know, not what what you were talking about, like oh, you know, you get the first Foden, you're the only one with Foden, um, doesn't necessarily work that well when he's entered into chat. I mean, obviously you you get his score, 
but you have to enter him into champion Europe. So yeah. it's not that much an advantage when he just goes up against all the other lads anyway. Maybe not Foden because under 23s, but you know who I mean. Those kind of guys, if Rashford or, or whatever. Um, but you really would be able to yield an advantage there if they were entered into a very special, limited time only Premier League tournament that lasts the rest of the season, whatever it is, you know, mm. based on when they release it, if they release it. Yeah, I'd like to frame of mind I've put myself into with like all that kind of new game mode stuff in mind is I'm now categorizing all my players by what league they're in, not what region they're in, you know. So I'm thinking I'm not, I'm only thinking at this stage, you know, but if they are teasing more utility and more game modes, with what we seen with the Global Cup, Nanzo mentioned it last week that there could be like an FPL global cup kind of thing on the go when they launch the Prem. Yeah. And maybe it is just for the Prem, and maybe they do it because they've got great deals with La Liga and Bundesliga and whatever as well. So I'm, in terms of Champion Europe especially, I'm starting to now categorise them in my mind as a, a league team, you know. So I'm missing a La Liga defender or two. And that's the kind of thought process I'm getting myself into for the next few months. Can we have one that's lowest score wins? Because that'd be good for <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I, I, I like that idea. Someone else came up with that once before, but they said, but if you get a DMP, it scores 100. So yeah, like, yeah. trying to find players who are likely to come off the bench and have a stinker and put them all yeah. in the team. Absolutely. One of, one of my guys came off the bench last night for Empoli for one minute. I was like, the five of you would be perfect in the yeah. lowest score wins. <laughs> I used to have a player who played for Shonan, Belmere. And I think like, oh, I remember sell, selling him because he, he picked up a decisive. But beyond that decisive, his last, his L5 was like minus. It would have been minus. He, his all around score for like five games was like minus 20. But he picked up a decisive in one of them, so his, his average didn't look that bad. I managed to sell him, but I remember looking at that card, thinking this guy literally would put up minor scores if they if they work that way. Um, but yeah, that'd be a that'd be fantastic. That'd be Imagine good, if you've yeah. got Dean Henderson, you know, Nottingham Forest goalkeeper, and he's got City away at the weekend, and you're buzzing because he's going to score none. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The complete inverse of what it is right now, which is can't field him anywhere. Straight yep. in training, just yeah. just for fun, just for fun. Maybe the prizes are absolutely terrible, but or maybe there's that collectibles. Team. You know, we could do game modes like that where we have a collectible, non like non usable in SO5 card win of this player or something like that. Because yeah. I think that that was an interesting precedent they set, wasn't it, with the collectible side? And I think that was, it was actually quite a good thing because the fact that you could sell them to people that wanted the collectibles, there's still something to play for there. And um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the kind of thing that is introduced, like Quinny said, with the, the Global Cup style Prem tournament where you can win like the sticker collection type thing. Mm. Maybe we see that. Wouldn't be a bad thing. I think that would be the easiest way to onboard FPL managers, wouldn't it? I think people who don't want to put any money in but want to feel like they're winning something. It'd be interesting sure. to see that. Definitely. Um, Quinny, I think it's about that time. Just looking at the time now, it's probably about that time we have a look at last week's YouTube comments and pick a few out. Um, have you got that screen up in front of you, sir? Yeah, a lot of the comments we had from last week, everyone was really happy to see Nanzo, and I'm pretty sure uh, everyone that watches this episode live and when we put it out will be very grateful that we've had Sam on um, today. But I think uh, the only things that kind of came out um, in terms of anything to pick up from was. 
hey my saying plenty playing 20 years on football manager does mean something in real life they're confirming <laughs> <laughs> uh, love this episode very interesting listening to a Wales perspective hey my again my guess is so rare version of FPL which we kind of just spoke about there um and otherwise, yeah, it was just a lot of love and a lot of praise for having Nanzo on, which I'm sure you guys in the comments section watching this after we've been live will be sharing your love and appreciation for Sam Ty, the football guy, bringing in <laughs> 2023 on the End Product Podcast with us. I really, I do really enjoy when Nanzo guests on uh, on episodes and stuff with you guys, with with, with John, all stuff. I, I'm always happy to listen to Nanzo. Yeah, he was really good, really interesting. And I'd I'd definitely uh, definitely echo that. It was really interesting to speak to someone who is a realist. He's a real whale, isn't he? Like his gallery mm. is absolutely enormous. And it is really interesting to hear that insight. But I think I was saying to some of my friends, I feel like Nanzo is like everyone's favorite whale. As much as he is a whale, he doesn't really get the hate that some of the some of the other big accounts on the on the platform um, find themselves um, having to deal with. But uh, I don't I don't know how he does it. He's he's obviously a likable character considering that uh the ETH balance that he's he's kind of <laughs> but uh, it was it was fascinating talking to him about about that and hopefully uh, one day we'll all be able to talk about our galleries in a in a similar vein on on someone's podcast in our like golden crusted studios. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, step one there is Lewis Malagon wins the starting job at Club America. <laughs> then we'll talk. Yes, that's the that's the big first step to. <laughs> whale I'm world. hopeful for it, man. I'm hopeful for this time. I'm crossing my fingers on that. We'll be we'll be keeping our eyes on the uh, the starting lineups, uh, with our fingers crossed, eyes yeah. crossed, toes crossed for you, mate. Definitely. Yeah, I've, got, and, I've got a one of my friends has picked up Enzo Fernandez during the World Cup, um, and obviously at the moment it's just like, oh no, like he, not only is he kind of on strike, but also like he might be moving and stuff like that, and he's just been like Sam, it's just been. It's just been the worst. Like, I don't know why I did it and I absolutely hate it. And I was like, yeah, I've got this Malacon problem. I've got this Lovren problem. I was like, do you want to meet up later and just cry together? Like, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> so like, yeah, really, fingers crossed that uh, everything works out really soon. But this is this is it, isn't it? This is the ups and downs of this game. Oh, it definitely is, mate. I think that is a perfect place to end it. Uh, Quinny, you got anything else to add before we, before we sign awesome. out? Had tons of fun and thanks for Sammy coming in and super subbing. Absolute hero. Yeah, it's been really good having you on, Sam. Man, we'll definitely have you on again, mate. Cool. Thanks, thanks for having everyone. me, guys. I really enjoyed it. Everyone who joined us on the live stream as well on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash plastician, if you're listening to the podcast, we are going to try and make a habit of doing this live. And if you are listening to the podcast, please do share it, review it, all of that. I've noticed that you can review it on spotify on apple podcast all of those places now do give us a little rating i'm sure it helps i've noticed we're creeping our way up the uh, the rankings and the algorithms and stuff so thanks for your ears uh and if you could just lend us your thumbs on the app as well that'd be fantastic um and thanks everyone for locking in everyone on twitch thank you very much for joining in live and getting involved and uh, we will see you again next week roughly the same time sam it's been an absolute pleasure quinny as always, uh, take care and we'll see you next week. <laughs>